0: Hello and good day, friends. Mm -hmm. So, for the month of April, we continue to take a deeper look at people pleasing. And in today's episode, we're going to be taking a deeper look at whose expectations we're really holding ourselves accountable to, how it's showing up for our kids, and how we can release that little bit of guilt so we can shift our expectations to something more tangible and reliable. Ready? Let's go. Hello, and welcome to the Big Kid Podcast. I'm your host, Katie C., life coach, children's yoga instructor, and mindfulness ninja. Every week, I'm here to help you navigate the craziness that is life with more courage, more kindness, and less judgment. Spoiler alert, None of us know what's going on. We're all just a bunch of big kids, and we know that life is better together. So go grab a snack and a seat as we dive on in. So, how are you? (laughs) It is Tuesday. It's in April. We're still on lockdown, and this is our new norm, I guess. So yeah, deep breath. (laughs) As always, I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you for coming. Last week, I talked about how religion was my first form of people-pleasing as a kid. Like with most big kids, we experience our first forms of people-pleasing when it comes to our parents. For so long, we rely on them to keep us alive and safe. But then at some point, we start to realize that there is more than one way to get things done. What did this look like for you? How we feel about people-pleasing is also connected to how we feel about ourselves. It could be that you're tying your own self-worth to other people's acceptance. Picture one of those old school weighing scales, (laughs) do you know what I mean? And on one side, the heavier side, you would have blocks of people-pleasing, and on the other lighter side, you would have your blocks of self-worth people-pleasing at this point would be outweighing the self-worth side. But over time, learning to rely and trusting in yourself more, that's when the self-worth side starts to outweigh the people-pleasing side. So what does people-pleasing look like for you? Like physically, how does it show up? It could be that you try to make yourself look Or feel small. So it could be in your body language, even in your voice projection. It could be the fact that you're not speaking up at all. I want you to really get to know how this shows up for you and again what it looks like in your bodies and in your actions. You can use the journaling guide available on the website to start really digging deeper into your own survival habit of people-pleasing you can head to the website to download this month's journal guide where I outline over 12 questions to really make you dig deeper. You can definitely answer on the paper provided or you can take it to your favorite notebook or journal that you have too. So when I started to curb the habit of people pleasing like I mentioned, thinking about the scale, you have to start trusting yourself. And that also means trusting in yourself enough to stand firm in a solid no. When I was starting to get sober, I knew that I couldn't hang out with my friends in a bar, and it sucked. I had major FOMO because that's where we always hung out. It was always at a bar. The whole experience I would just find so triggering, and it was a hard boundary that I had to set with myself. And that's when I learned how to live in my value of kindness to myself, because overall, (laughs) that was always what came first my sobriety, that came first. Over time, over a lot of time, I became more comfortable with saying that I was sober out loud. I was using my steps, I was seeing a therapist, I was staying clean and feeling confident, really confident in my self-worth for the first time. So when I felt safe to do so, I was able to start joining my friends at the pub, so when I say I felt safe to do so, I mean that I felt safe enough with myself, in my boundaries, in my values, in my no, and I also felt safe with my people, the people that I was going with. I know that I could order a water or a pop, or for my American friends, a soda. <laughs> and sure, when I meet new people, I at first I was... Uh, not super stoked to tell people that I was sober but mostly because it was not the cool thing to do (laughs) so this 2020 will be my 11 years sober so even just thinking 11 years ago like sure that was prime party time for me. So first, I definitely did not trust myself or trust my boundaries or my know enough to feel comfortable talking about it. But at the same time, I knew that I had to, and it's really how I started practicing. So I'd meet new people, they'd offer to buy me a drink, and I'd make sure that one of the first things I told them was, no, thank you, I actually don't drink. And most people would take a second (laughs) (laughs) And sure, there have been times where like conversations have just stopped, but really thinking about it, I would, I think I prefer it that way. If that was the only (laughs) thing you want to rely on is talking about drinking. No, man, like let's connect heart to heart instead. (laughs) There would be times where people would ask why not or how come and like really just try to push and I would feel again this need to explain myself kind of as a form of people pleasing but I know that I needed to stay within my values of kindness so I would do it every time grudgingly but I did it every time anyways. It was exhausting at the start but Now I do it so much less and being sober is so much of my story that it takes less effort to explain because now I'm proud to talk about it. I was having a conversation with this beautiful little human in sixth grade. She had just gotten in trouble and was so upset and probably not because of what you'd expect off the top. So, I could see that she was super distraught just in her body language and her eyes were starting to tear up. So, I asked her to go for a walk with me. She started bawling super hard when it was just the two of us, and I just stopped and I asked if I could give her a hug. We took a couple of deep breaths together and she started opening up. So, most kids know me as Yoda. (laughs) So, the conversation was like, Yoda, I just hate people. (laughs) that's how it started. I'll never forget because right away (laughs) she had my heart. I'm like, yes, girl, I agree. I agree. So she went on Yoda. I hate that people expect me to act in a specific way just because I'm energetic and open and fun. Most of the time doesn't mean that I can't be moody or distant. I got in trouble and they said that I'm acting weird and that's why I'm misbehaving. When people tell me that I'm acting outside of my norm, I just want to punch them in the face. I instantly started crying with her because I felt her pain in the depths of my soul and so much of my big kid self just wholeheartedly agreed with her. When I tell people that I'm actually super introverted, they are shook, (laughs) especially if you met me at a speaking gig or if I was facilitating a training or something like that, like I amp it up. So you're seeing a side of me that can jump around, be a Loud, obnoxious, rambunctious, uh, super energetic. But at the end of a day of that, I am spent. It takes all of my energy to show up in that way. And I love it. Don't get me wrong. But it's also not the level that I'm always operating at. It can be really hard for people to shift their own expectations of you when they have their own interpretations of your behavior. It gets really muddy, right? So back to my friend, she started crying harder because she said, if I went to her school, I would completely understand. And I explained that people have assumptions about everyone, everywhere. And the fact that it's happening in her school right now is a great time for her to practice dealing with other people's expectations. It is hard as a kid because everything you're feeling, you're feeling for the very first time. So it's all amplified, like you feel it in the depths of your skin. And it's terrifying as fuck. You haven't made it to the other side yet, so it's helpful to talk to big kids that you can trust. We talked about how you need to trust yourself first and know that you are proud of yourself at the end of the day. People assume, but you know the saying, when you assume, you make an ass out of you and me. (laughs) We all experience many emotions on the daily. Even if we're not emoting them, they're still happening. Expecting people to fit into a box of introversion or extroversion or a type 2, type 9, or a Pisces or a Leo or an INFJ. Right? Holding people specifically to those standards 100% of the time is so unfair. Just like you, we're all complex human beings with our own stories and experiences that make us a bag of mixed treats (laughs) or a bag of nuts and bolts, I am so human, which means I'm so much more than those letters or numbers or water signs, just like you. So who do you hold to a different level of expectations? I know for me, I'm hardest on the ones I love because I want the very best for them. Parent talk, can you tell? But that also means that I need to check myself more often and notice when I'm holding them to my expectations. I remind myself that I love them and that is how I want to show up. It means I have to meet them in that space. And yes, that means even if I don't agree with what their own expectations are for themselves, I can make suggestions, but it's also not my decision to make. And as long as they're safe and staying within their values, that's that. I'm here. I'm love. Period. So when it came to the kids choosing what they wanted for their extracurricular activities... I was really excited about all of the different things that they had to choose from. Obviously, I wanted them to jump on my yoga train, (laughs) but they chose martial arts instead. At first, I was choked, sure, but it wasn't something that was forced. And you know what? They love martial arts, and I love it now because they will call me (laughs) and FaceTime me and ask to lead them in a yoga sequence. And that just warms my heart. (laughs) And to know that we can still practice yoga together and the fact that martial arts was their choice and that they love it, but that they can still love yoga and still love me and still love themselves. Like that's all that I want. As humans, it's in our nature to help. As humans in this lifetime, we also need to make space and time to vent and bitch and complain. And that's what being a good friend is. It's sitting in those emotions with another human without judgment and without trying to fix the situation. And sure, I said friend, but sometimes even for parents, this is a great reminder So many of us are natural fixers or try to find the silver lining. But right now in the midst of COVID, that's really hard. And there are days that it really gets me down because I can't find the positive in the situation. But it's knowing that we're in this together. And no matter what, I can reach out and that people can reach out to me. And so I also know that people do ask me for advice. So I don't need to give it up so freely. And instead, I'll use it when it's asked for or when it's really, really needed, like life or death needed. This is how you build empathy. This is how you make empathy strong within yourself. It's like, Again, the conversation I had with my friend. She wasn't looking for any advice. She was just looking for a space to feel it all through. Again, this is when and where you flex your empathy muscle. What would happen instead if we create space for them to feel it instead of fixing their feeling? So it could look like you naming the feeling that you see so that they can start associating the feelings with that emotion. So, oh bud, you look real upset. You look disappointed. Take it even simpler. You look sad, excited. Tell me more. Where do you feel it in your body? Talk about it. I remember experiencing my first real heartbreak. It was fucking awful. (laughs) I wasn't myself, I hated love, and all of the people around me. And I was attending a family wedding, so that was just great. I wanted to cry all of the time. and The advice I got from people was, Ugh, that dude was a jerk anyways. You won't even remember them in a couple of years. Or, Tina, you're only 15. You're not supposed to end up with the person you date at 15. So I did what I did at my 15-year-old addicted self. I overate, and then I vomited in the bathroom. No one was taking the time to sit with me in that heartache. It was just adults telling me to get over it, which was unhelpful, especially when you're trying to get over it, because the only way over is through. That reminds me of the bear hunt song. (laughs) Can't go over it. You got to go through it. Emotional expectations stop us from processing our emotions, which is the opposite of what we need. This is what makes us feel alone and believing in the thought that no one understands me. So you as a parent, as a human, especially if you have teenagers in your house, and again, just as a human on this planet, just remember this. As kids, we feel the need to gain approval from our parents. It makes sense. As parents, we know that peer pressure for our kids is a real thing. And as the instigator of a lot of bad moves, I know that 100%. <laughs> peer pressure has also morphed over time. And it's not the same. That It's definitely not. How we experienced it as kids at all. So make sure that you set up your space for communication and create your own personal values and your family values so that you have conversations. So, guilt is an emotion that I'm super comfortable with. Not like that I like to hang out with guilt often, but more of now I know when it shows up and what it looks like in my body and the actions that I take when I start to feel guilt. Guilt goes hand in hand with people pleasing. When we're trying to please others, we're also trying to control how they feel about us. We don't want them to think about us in a negative way. We want to keep the peace or we want to control the situation more than we can. At the same time, knowing that we can't control any of that, we'll start to feel guilty As parents, we can feel guilt by not being able to protect our kids for their entire lives. Or kids, we feel guilty that we don't meet our parents' expectations. This is the guilt I'm talking about letting go. So instead, remember to show kindness to yourself first. Stay within your values and stop apologizing. Are you putting more pressure on yourself than is required? Stop it. (laughs) When you have strong values, it becomes so much easier to say no. To other people's expectations and letting go of the guilt attached to it. If it doesn't align with you, kick that shit to the curb. When I know I'm staying true to me, I refuse to apologize, so I do not say sorry for how I feel, ever. Maybe for how it comes out, but never for how I feel. I used to hold my breath a lot. I actually didn't even realize until I started paying attention more. Can you hear Alfred (laughs) Day? When I would talk to someone or suggest something to someone, sometimes when I was driving even, I was always holding my breath. As I became more mindful and started working on my mindfulness ninja status, (laughs) I noticed that this habit was happening more often. It was one of my body's first reactions to guilt. It's like I would be waiting for the other shoe to drop. But now I feel myself holding my breath and I'll take a deep breath and pretend to blow it into a balloon and kicking it to the curb. So as you go through the week, think about how you deal with expectations of people and then the ones you have for other people. So check your own expectations too. We do it because we love them, sure. But remembering showing up in love is different than feeling freedom to share all of your own thoughts and feelings because they may be different than yours. So become more comfortable with your own values. Picture kicking your guilt to the curb and remember that we are all more than meets the eye. Love well, my friends. Talk to you soon. Well, friends, that brings us to the end of another episode Thank you so much for choosing to spend your time with me over here with a bunch of big kids. As you travel through the world this week, remember that kindness drives change. We are all on this life journey together and it's nice to remember that you're not alone. Go and join in on the Facebook group and follow us on Instagram at bigkidpod. You can even go to the website to leave me a good old-fashioned voice message in the show notes. Go to kdccoaching.com. While you're there, sign up for the newsletter because every month I send out journaling questions and templates to take you a little bit deeper on the journey back to yourself. Sending you so much love from Canada. Talk to you soon.